I'm happy to be back. Good morning. Uh, Right on, guys. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Molenski. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow, and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Yeah, on the internet, you guys, it's trustthejourney.today on uh, Instagram, on our website, the whole thing. If you would like to join the expanded conversation in the Trust the Journey family, go to our website, trustthejourney.today. Scroll down. There's an orange button to donate on Patreon. Any amount will get you in there. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right on, guys. All right, let's do this. Thank you, guys, as always, so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here we go. All right, guys, in this episode, we are talking about self love, <laughs> a concept that I think, depending on where you are on your path, it can be sound wildly annoying or it can sound like complete salvation. <laughs> like, I, I think there's such a wide scope on this topic. So, what we're going to do is we're going to deep dive on this, this idea of self love as a concept and as a practice and share some of the results that we've gotten from that. So, let's talk about wh- what is self love because I think that, like, when I first heard the term, and I don't know how long ago that was, but it has taken me a long time to figure it out, to really like start to truly understand it. So let's talk a little bit about what is and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it, as I just said in the intro, it's the wildly annoying part. <laughs> that I, I said that because that absolutely was my experience. I was like, WTF. You know, not cool. What I have to just love myself and I can't have other people like be loving me too. Like this whole part of me that wants connection. Of course, that's ridiculous. Of course, we can have and it's healthy and wonderful to have other people loving and supporting us too. (laughs) I was more the uh, black and white nature when I was starting to learn the concept. So I would like to first share that is that it's not in my experience, something that blocks out other things. It is one path of love in our lives and skill building in our lives such that it makes everything else better and healthier, which doesn't really answer your question, but I wanted to say that first because I very much was resistant to this concept when people would say, you just gotta love yourself. Like, ugh. I just like so resistant to that when I first started learning about this. So um, I was just out on a run and I literally got back like 20 minutes ago and I was on my run. I was thinking about the difference between um, wholeness and oneness, right? And I've been working on understanding these concepts for a while. Like I've had some really long, deep conversations with some really close friends of mine of like, what's really like the goal in our lives? Is it like to be whole or is it like to be one? And and what I've come to realize is that wholeness is something that we do ourselves. Like we can become whole, right? And that is kind of the journey of self-love to me is this concept of like becoming whole, like 
being everything that we need in our entire life and not having any need from anything, from anywhere, from anybody, because we're fulfilling ourselves. We're whole as, as, a, as a being. And oneness, that concept to me is something we have to do to the, together. That yeah. that means us working together, everybody creates oneness, but we have to do a wholeness ourselves. And the, how do we learn to feel whole is by the practice of self-love. So yeah. this concept of self-love is like, yeah, it was irritated the shit out of me too. And I'm like, fucking hippies, what the fuck? I hate this <laughs> shit. You know, like when it first comes up in my conversation as well, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, yes. you know, just sit in a mirror, tell yourself you love yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, like ridiculous, right? And I was just, yes, uh, yes, so, yes, 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 yeah. 80 so, times yes. I'm just like, this, ugh. But this is the thing, like, okay, so I want to, I, I had a, like the most beautiful thing in my whole life happened this weekend. And I found an epiphany of understanding that just changed my entire understanding of myself. Okay. And so I, I want to talk about like the root of all this. And when we are born, okay, when we are, are born into this world, we have no concept of anything except for our parents being there to fulfill our needs right and they are there creating nurture and providing food sustenance and providing care and cleaning us and taking care of us and so everything in our whole lives is based around this concept of receiving love love is this th thing that is done for us to us because we need it we need to be fed we need to be cleaned we need to be coddled we need to be cared for right so affection and caring for us is something that comes from an external source and there's this thing that happens as we get older and older is that that stops having that stops being somebody else's responsibility at some mm -hmm. point in time right like <laughs> we're born into this concept of yeah well as long as I'm receiving love, I'm feeling love, then I am, I, I'm in love. I'm okay, right? Yeah. And I'm okay because I'm receiving this from an external source. And what's kind of missing in our teachings about how to mature as a human, and certainly not how my life went, I did not have a path that went from the love of my parents being taught to me to go, okay, we're going to give you tools that are going to teach you how to take care of yourself and that's going to replace this need of nurture from an external source and yes. we're taught a lot of the tools but we're not taught that they're that that they are like emotional support structures for who we are as a person and end up by doing these things for ourselves like cleaning ourselves taking care of ourselves doing healthy things for ourselves feeding ourselves doing all these good things are actually self-love it's the same role that our parents play right so without that teaching in place that these are now how we provide the same need of nurture and care for ourselves that there's a gap in there right and so at least in my history i made this horrible mistake of the next place that i found love as my parents died when i was quite young the next place that i found nurture wasn't through being fed or being cleaned or having a roof over my head or being kept warm or all the things that are important in life. It was through con physical contact, through sexuality. And I made this foolish mistake of imprinting that sex and love are the same thing. And so the rest of my whole life, I've been th looking for contact or, or this physical connection being mistaken for love. And it's completely wrong. You know? Yeah. What is self-love?
What is self-love? Yeah. It's having a smoothie for breakfast and taking care <laughs> of yourself, taking care of your body. And yes. it's doing things in your life that are important to you, like drawing or, or running or making art or music or having yes. great friendships or f- making a family. Yes. Oh, my God. There's so much here already. So much here already. The collapsing of concept, the collapsing of and the associating of of actions or certain things with with love. For me, it definitely showed up in terms of overachieving and getting external praise from killing hashtag killing it in whatever ways I was attempting and doing so at the time at whatever phase in my life. Um, just to highlight what you said about the practice and the, I, one of the things I wrote down on my list was this relentless practice, uh, because of, uh, all of those years where those things can be collapsed, whether it's with sexuality, whether it's with overachieving, whether it's with certain friendships or relationships or whatever, wherever we are sourcing that feeling of love. So anyway, I want to tell a story because I, you talked about, okay, we get this love and nurture from our parents. So for me, I had a real, I had a huge breakthrough moment around that uh, in my evolution of healing. So after I got divorced, I went, well, during my divorce, I, I went on a world tour. I traveled the world and it was, I've talked about this before, it was super painful because I was in that experience of heartbreak and really under, not understanding how to deal with that. So I was working through that, trying to learn how to get through that. And I ended up moving to Vermont, which was also extremely painful for me in the sense that I wasn't through my heartbreak. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just trying to figure it out. I said to myself, oh, Vermont Serenity, cool. (laughs) You know, the trees, this and that. I might have shared this on the show before. I can't remember. But why that's important. So I moved there. I'm in this painful experience. I'm, I'm working to heal, you know, and I'm, I'm aware of this concept of self-love, totally aware of it, and I'm in resistance to it. This is definitely a period where I was like, fuck that noise. This is bullshit. Why can't I have someone else, you know? <laughs> do, do, the <laughs> right? lo- do the loving for me, please. Yeah. I don't want to do this. You do this. Yeah, yeah. You do the work. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and oh also God. in terms of heartbreak around love relationship, it's totally normal and typical and and understandable to want love from someone else, right? You're in this peri- this experience of trying to heal that type of experience and wound. And so anyway, this is quite a this is toward the end of my time in Vermont. I had done a lot of work. I was working with a therapist who was incredible, so incredible, such a critical part of my healing, Carol. She's the bomb. I wish I could ex- you know recommend her to everyone, but she can only work in her state. <laughs> So unless you live in Vermont, you can't work with her, Um, which is also funny and part of this story in that my experience in Vermont was one of excruciating loneliness. I was very lonely almost the entire time. And I made some friends and it was good. And I came out of that experience with some friends, which was really, really healthy and good. And we're still friends to this day. But for the most part, I was very lonely most of the time I was there, partly because I was heartbroken, as I said, but also because no one really lives there. It was a very isolating experience for me. So one day, I am toward the end of my time in Vermont, and I've done all this work with Carol, and I've 
read tons of books and I've really leaned into my work and I'm in the fucking Vermont Serenity thing, <laughs> you know, I'm literally walking by myself on a dirt road in the beautiful trees of Vermont, which, and I, I may have shared this before too, is I love the trees. They definitely comfort me. They give me energy and life and I feel connected to the forest. So that was always, always healthy for me. So anyway, one day I'm walking on this dirt road and I it, a wave of it hits me again, this agony, this agonizing loneliness. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what am I missing? Like, what on earth am I missing that I am still feeling this much pain, right? And so what I did in that moment is I actually really, in whatever version I could conjure, I embraced this experience, this action of self-love. I asked myself, what would I do for someone that I love a ton in this world in this moment, in their moment of pain? And also, what would I want my mom to do for me? I like really thought about if I'm my mom, if my mom, if I were embodying my mom right now, what would she do? And she fucking, and this thing, so I, I literally put my arms around myself. I hugged myself. I stroked my arms and I said, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, I comforted myself with words. I did exactly the experience that I would want my mom to do for me. And it really was a breakthrough moment because it helped. And at, at that moment, I was like, oh, I can quote unquote mother and love myself. Not that that takes any power away from my own mother who loves me and cares for me. It has nothing to do with her really. It's really just me realizing, you know, like it's okay. You know, you're, you're gonna be okay. I love you, right? Stroking my arm, that shit was powerful. And I still do it to this day if I need a hug, if I need to comfort myself, I'll say it out loud. And it really makes a difference. So it might sound weird and I felt weird doing it, but I encourage people to step into those experiences because for me it was transformative. It's amazing how you touched on the exact same concept, you know, that it's what would your mother do, right? Where where, where do you know the source of love? And, yeah. and, and you know, we all think to like the role of our parents, right? Like that's that's where love, the concept originates is in this genetic connection to where are we born from. Yeah. And I think even the mother role even holds to, you know, I'm speaking from my own biased position, but I feel like the mother role holds even more power than the father role in that scenario of being literally born of the mother, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's so true though, right? That and I mean, what so we had a question the other day in the family, right? It was, I think it was in the, in the trust the journey family. And it was, maybe it was, that question was in there. Maybe the question was somewhere. No, the question I think ended up somewhere else, but the same topic was in there was, um, yeah. Okay. It was, if the question was being asked, did you go to college? Did you go to high school kind of thing? What did you learn? What didn't you learn at high school that you wish you had learned? Yeah. <laughs> I wish they had taught me. <laughs> I wish they had taught me at school that we are going to become responsible for performing all the loving actions that our parents 
perform for us up until the point where we become mature or adults. And when we when we become adults, the, the responsibility of love and nurture falls upon us. And here's the tool set that you're going to use to fulfill these roles. Oh, my God. Wouldn't life be so much easier if we had this freaking explanation done in an afternoon? You know? <laughs> right. Holy cow. It's you like, know? oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Noted. Yeah, I'll just put it a, on my sim- list. a simple chapter in a book that's like, okay, these things are going to make you feel better. Give yourself a hug, you know, <laughs> stroke your own hair, you know, tell yourself yes. everything's going to be okay. Totally. You know, get yourself a cup of soup, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh my gosh. So true. Yeah. And, but these are the found, these are like the pain points of love, right? So think about, uh, you know, <laughs> these are the times when you're like, oh, I, I'm in need of love. But how does how does your parents also love you is by providing the context for you to grow and for you to create yourself in the bigger picture. So putting your putting you in school is a version of I love you by your parents, right? Totally. And so that's a something we do as an adult for like, how do I continue to create growth for myself is I put myself into contexts that are going to ensure continuing change and continuing advancement as a who I am as a person so whether it's continuing to go to school through our adult life or whether it's doing things like being involved in an athletic club of some kind to stay physically healthy or whether it's putting food on the table that's truly nurturing and not just um, you know what I mean like really food that's good for you that's actually caring for you absolutely yeah I mean that's those are things I put on my list too and something you mentioned earlier was doing things for yourself that you love, like being involved in the, whether it's drawing, whether it's, you know, whatever, but like giving time and attention to those things that you are called toward, that you care about, that bring you joy, that excite you, right? Obviously, we're talking about with consciousness and with a sort of clarified uh, sense of connection and purity to those things. I'm not talking about those things that feed those more unhealed parts of ourselves, right, that are collapsed, right? So we're talking about things that have been clarified as this is a thing that fuels my soul in a healthy and positive way. So uh, this past week, it's sunny, funny, we both, uh, it's sunny. (laughs) I love that that just happened. I was going to say it's funny. It's sunny. Oh, whatever. I'm, I've had a pretty big week as well. I know. <laughs> so Jay, you said that you had a transformative week. I did also. And how that's connected to this idea of doing things that you care about that fuel your soul is... <clears throat> Yeah, Jay's giving a, a double thumbs up on Big, the video. Big, huge double thumbs up because I know Melanie yeah. and I are both hard at work doing exactly this right now of like, I'm going to prioritize what's most important in fulfilling my inner needs as a person to grow and to advance and be like, wow, well, guess what I did this week, you know? And <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what we're talking about right now is the whole concept of like doing something for yourself that's like, I did something that was important for me. Yeah. You know? And well, and before I go into what this week was, I want to also support and and champion and and add to what you said about self-love also being healthy individual choices like eating healthy, like saying no when you don't want to do something, like removing yourself from toxic situations and relationships. There's like we could expand hugely in any one of those areas. <clears throat> excuse me, and, and and also this this road of going and doing things that fuel our soul. So like there's lots of different pathways to loving ourselves. And I think all of them matter in their own unique ways. And they will be de- that 
level of mattering will depend on you and where you are in your path. So like as you're listening to us share, recognize where it might be most powerful in terms of self-love. What might be the most loving move for you? Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, and one of the, I think like for me where this big epiphany in my life has come in is um, in recognizing what isn't loving. Huge, like huge, huge piece yes. because there's so many things that we do for ourselves in the idea that it's love. Like there's a cross circuit. There's been a cross circuit in my mind that's existed since I was a child that thinks that love and sex are the same thing. And so, yep. you know, I, I would feel like, oh, I'm getting everything I need if I'm getting this. You know, if I'm getting sex, mm -hmm. I'm getting what I need. But really, what I need isn't sex. You know, it's love and love comes in all these other forms. So that could also be in the form of food, right? Yep. Like, so, and this is one that I suffer with is where I have to retrain myself. I'm like, eating a big plate of food is not loving myself. It is, it is nurturing this idea that I had to eat this big plate of food that my mother would put on the table and that, you know, and, and I had to eat the whole thing. You yep. know, I could not leave the table until I ate that entire plate of food. And so now I, you know, I, I never leave my plate empty. And that's not what's actually good for me. That's not what actually feels good or makes me feel like I don't end up being the person I want to be if I do that all the time. So yeah. recognizing that self-love is actually not finishing my plate or putting healthier choices on the plate rather than fulfilling this. So yeah, if I go down this thing I do for myself, like, yeah, e eating a great big, huge plate of comfort food is not love yeah you know oh god yeah. i can raise my hand in this conversation Holy big time smokes, i'm right? certainly still working on that one me too you know, not yeah, necessarily yeah not necessarily cleaning the plate but the choices that i make when i make them it's so apparent when i travel i am so much more lax with food um again that's a different conversation but also one i'm aware of and in, in sort of the workaround in terms of self-love knowing that what i put in my body does hugely matter. That's self-love, huge time for me as well. Um, <clears throat> shoot, what was I going to say? I was going to say something You were talking about... about this week. Oh, oh, the people-pleasing thing. So you're like, co you're collapsing love and sex. And, you know, I just can't not highlight the collapsing of nurturing and giving to other people. That's with when before we understand boundaries and i'm saying this from my own experience big time is this tone of people pleasing right that if people are happy if people are you know Approving. whatever yeah we're quote giving to other people that because i've heard this a lot and i used to say this myself things like that's just who i am which i really loathe that sentence because thumbs that down. is bullshit yeah jay's thumbs downing the reason I say that's bullshit is because that basically sets you up to never be able to grow. And you, you know, that's a version of digging our heels into a certain thing. And I get where people, and I, I don't say this in judgment. I say this in, in an, an, as an invitation to reflect where we say that kind of sentence. That's just who I am. That's just what I do. Really look at those areas because for me, I, definitely consider myself a loving, caring person. I aim and consciously aim to be generous of my time and attention and the resources that I can share with other people. I care to, I care about that. I would say I've chosen that for who I want to be and the care, kind of character I want to have in my life. 
and without understanding of boundaries that can easily go into an unhealthy zone of people pleasing and sourcing love from the results that we get from generosity and or, you know, like sort of unconscious generosity. So just look for that because that's something I've noticed in my work as a person growing into self-love is going, oh, it's actually not self-loving to me if I'm giving beyond where I'm truly capable, where I'm going to fall off the emotional or energetic cliff and then be in a state of, you know, breakdown because of that over-giving and over-nurturing of others. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So this is the exact same thing that I've done with myself with the it's like attention seeking or approval seeking, right? Like, oh, yep. if, if this woman approves of me or shows interest in me, then I, I then I can feel okay about feeling good about myself kind of thing. Yep. And this is the same of like, it's all the same stuff of like, how and this is the patterns that we've created through our parents yep. of how do we get our parents' attention and how do we, you know, get them to, to show interest in what we're doing and we make up these behavior patterns where I like become really good at doing this one thing so that I can be receiving a little award. Good job, Jay. You did so well. I'm so proud of you. Okay, cool. If I keep doing this my whole life, then I'll continue to feel good about myself. Right. Bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh God, it's so amazing. It's yeah. so It's so empowering to start to understand this stuff and start to understand where we can take action and lean into this quote unquote relentless practice which <laughs> the way i describe it sounds daunting probably but it's uh i well, like intense things life so. <laughs> life is pretty relentless you don't really ever get a break so it's like if anybody thinks that doing something relentless sounds overbearing wake up every day right yeah, and I see know. what it's like to wake up every day and see how overbearing that feels relentless talk about relentless oh god i'm alive again shit oh i went to bed god. i was dead for a minute there i was all quiet <laughs> i got to sleep you know <laughs> oh it's so awesome yeah. i love fierce words too anyway so to go back to so with that whole section of that so whole section i want to bring it back to what you talked about in terms of a, of a self-loving act to do the things that matter to us, to lean into those directions that matter to us. So this last week, I attended an event called Hatch. It's a, uh, yeah, thank you, my friend. <laughs> I know Melanie has, I just want to stop you right there for a second because Melanie has been just over the top excited about this for weeks now. She's put so much energy, so much of her own self-love into making sure she shows up to this at her full potential. And I'm so proud of you, Melanie, for everything that you've done because I see your dedication, I see your passion, and I see how much joy you have brought yourself by staying committed to your cause here. And congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's cool because so I first came, became connected to the Hatch community about four years ago through one of my really good friends who is also growth-minded, who I met actually through doing Landmark Education a long time ago. And we stayed connected. We're very close friends to this day anyway. She got us tickets to this conference in Montreal called C2, which is a creative conference, entrepreneurial conference. And I love that type of stuff. So for me, that's a self-loving move to go and be in and immersed in content and communities that are of those like minds that are working to create positive things for the world, working to make impact in the world. So I go to C2 and I meet the Hatch community. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's something about it. There's something about this, this community. I couldn't put my finger on it at the time because I was 
not quite, I was at a different point in my own healing and evolution, but I was like, hmm, something, something's good here. You know, like I want to stay connected to this community, this group. And so I did. So they have a curated conference. It's deliberately curated and kept small. So people have to apply to this, to this experience because if everybody could go, it would dilute the power of the experience. So that first year I said, fuck it, I'm going to apply. Right. And so I applied and I wasn't chosen for that particular uh, cohort which is no problem. I've, you know, have experiences of that before. My singing group in college, I tried out the third time I tried out, I got in, you know? So like that was okay. I'm cool with that. And it's clear to me now how I really wasn't quite ready to be, to be there at that time. But anyway, over the last four years, I've made efforts to keep learning, keep growing, keep increasing my own contribution in the ways I'm called, staying connected to the community as it felt appropriate, you know, and keep learning from them and watching what other people in that community were doing, going to other smaller events that are not the main conference, you know, just making the effort to stay connected to this thing and this community that felt supportively, energetically supportive to my work and self. Again, self-love, those types of choices, allocating my resources of time and attention to those things. So anyway, I was finally able to go this, uh, this year, which was this past week. And what's fascinating, and this is where I'm going, thank you for staying with me this long story, because what I want to really share is the result of self-love. The result of self-love is not necessarily relative to anything I got from Hatch, although that's going to be totally amazing too. That's great. I'm sure I'll fucking go on ad, ad infinitum in a future podcast about that. But what's relevant to self-love and my experience at this past week of Hatch is that so many times in elevated communities, I have felt imposter syndrome. I have felt that fear, that social anxiety, that... I'm not sure I should be in this room. I don't belong here. They're going to find me out. Whatever language imposter syndrome shows up for you, I had an experience at Hatch at this fucking epic, beautiful, connected, deep diving, badass community. By the way, Hatch is centered around working toward the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So they're really doing elevated work in the world, which I super respect. So. The experience I had was I didn't, I felt a small, tiny shred of imposter syndrome. But for the most part, I was like, I felt calm. I felt powerful. In a, I felt peaceful. I, Even though I didn't know what I was going to get from this experience, I felt deeply that I belonged in the room. And that is only a result of the work I have done on self-love. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Amazing. And I shared that, by the way, on the mic to the group. The other thing I'll say is that the other thing that self-love allows you to do is it allows you to step up and into conversations and experiences that still scare you. And so that's part of the work I'm doing, too, now that I have this sense of peace and this elevated sense of peaceful power and, and confidence in myself. I'm able to step into conversations around 
equity and inclusion. I'm able to step into different conversations in love relationships that I wouldn't be have been able to do before. So like that only has become possible for me because of self-love. I completely echo that. I find that the the more work that I do in myself to <coughs> excuse me to um really dig deep and to find my root causations and the real why I, I love me and doing the work to, to give myself a reason to love myself. You know, like the reason I love me is based in not I look in the mirror and I think I'm pretty and vanity or I have lots of money so I love me or I'm living up to my parents' version of who I should be. No, the reason I love me is because I hold my fucking values at the top of my priority list, which is love and gratitude. And those are the things that are the highest value in my life. And if I continue to default to those all the time and hold those up to the top of the pole and wave my flag and never never put them down, then... And I do that for myself and I do that for anybody else around me, then I'm happy with who I am as a person. And if I fix the problems that I've made for myself in the world and I go and I freaking apologize to the people that I've wronged and I fix all the things that I've done wrong. And then I can stand here and I can look at myself in the mirror and I can go, Jay, did you do a good freaking job or not? And I go, yeah, I did a good job. Yeah, I did some things wrong. Yeah, shit, fuck, I made a mess out of that shit. But I fucking fixed it, man. I went and I said, I'm sorry. I went and said I was wrong. I filled that debt. I completed that and I hold my principles at the top of the pole. And I say, this is why I love me. It's because I do the things that are important to me in my life. And my mother would be proud of me because the things that she taught me to value as a person are what I uphold in myself. And so I can love me for who I am because of the things that I value. Yeah, you know? so huge. Yeah. It's huge. Doing the work to determine what we care about and then living into those things. I am not saying that is easy. Like Hell you no. going and apologizing and fill and making right. Oh my God. Talk about being proud of each other. Seriously, uh -huh. that is fucking inspiring stuff because that is so not easy. In my experience, not at all. Yeah, and it takes a lot to just be like come to, to come to realize where we're wrong you know and like back down from position of like ego yep you know of concept of you know having done something for whatever reason and in the end it's all like it's just being present to the human experience and recognizing that we're all and and just you know i love you for your human experience i love me for my human experience i love everybody for their human experience and it's not like <coughs> there's there's something of anybody being any better than anybody else, you know, and, and just yeah. leveling that playing field in ourselves of like, man, I'm, I give myself, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong to myself, you know, and, mm -hmm. I, and I give myself permission to, to forgive myself for those things. And that's what, that's the root, right? Like the forgiving ourselves forgiving ourselves for the things we've fucked up because we yes. do that like we're gonna do everybody does that there's nobody listening to this podcast right now who didn't really make a freaking mess out of things at some point in their life <laughs> and hurt other people and do stupid shit and yeah. you got to forgive yourself and i'm talking to man i'm talking to you heath i love you brother I'm talking to you man. <laughs> you know you got to forgive yourself, man. You got to let that shit go. And you got to be like, yeah. you know what? I made some mistakes, but that's okay. It's not who I am anymore. And I'm willing mm -hmm. to le elevate my person today over who I was in that previous point in time, you know? And I'm Absolutely. willing to be a better version of who I am because I feel better when I go to bed at night, you mm -hmm. know? And when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm ready to have a day that's like, 
okay, let's do something cool today instead of like, oh no, what have I done in my past? Or what am I going to yeah. continue to repeat today that I've done, you know, what are the patterns? So it's, it's. And that's a huge thing that you brought up. And for people that are listening and that are wanting to have this quote unquote work for them too, I would highlight that experience at the beginning and i'm air quoting that as well because i feel like the quote unquote the beginning lasts forever <laughs> we see <laughs> right? oh my gosh right oh there's the beautiful and... irony of life right right there like yeah we're just getting started hold on because we're going to be here for a long time yeah, right. <laughs> I, I care to highlight that experience or the feelings that come with this because so many people and myself included, and I say this from my life coaching work and work with friends, but for sure from my own experience, is it, you want it to take less time than it will take. And especially at the beginning of starting to give this type of practice a chance, starting to say, all right, if you're the person listening to this podcast today and you're like, all right, fuck yeah, I believe Mel and Jay, I, they clearly are doing something, they, they seem to be happier people, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're like gonna base your decision to take this on for yourself, you know, it's time, I feel like shit, whatever, I wanna try something, I don't know what to do, so why not this? doesn't matter when we make that decision to go okay fine i'm gonna lean into this practice of self-love i'm gonna start trying to figure out what that is for me know that there will be trust required because you will have no idea if it will work for you you will have no clue recognize that resistance is almost guaranteed to come up guaranteed also that it's likely to not work every time and that you have to still stay committed to the practice over long, long periods of time. Like this is years of, of shit. Like my share about my experience at Hatch, feeling like I didn't have imposter syndrome actually, that is only because of years and years of this. So, and that can feel very daunting. So I don't want it to feel daunting or impossible because it's so not, it's so possible. And it requires a long-term view and that's what i want people to take on like so much is possible if we just stay that course and ha 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 trust the journey like it's real trust that these actions that you are taking jay's laughing <laughs> trust that these actions you're taking are going to take you somewhere to like he said being able to sleep better at night because you feel better about yourself as a person and letting yourself be free of perfectionism that you don't have to have it all together on every point of this path every journey is made up of a, a, a you know a collective series of steps right there's no teleporters in our lives we don't jump from one point in our life to another point in our life we we get there day by day hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, yeah. thought by thought, action by action, yes. right? Every single little piece gets us closer to the next piece. And we can be, we can go backwards, 
in ourselves, you know, we can't go backwards in time, but we can go backwards in ourselves. We can go in the wrong direction internally with our thoughts and our actions, and we can go in the right direction internally with our actions and ex internally with our thoughts and externally with our actions. And those that's the choice. That's self-love is making the choice to intentionally create the thoughts and make the actions that are going to take us in the direction of growth. Mm -hmm. It's, it's mega. It's mega. Like I I just, it's just so much value in this. And it's funny. I almost, the things that I've resisted the most in my life (laughs) often are quality cues you know quality always, cues right always isn't always yeah. whatever we resist the most is what we most need kind of thing you yeah, know right you know <laughs> yeah oh man i i i can't not highlight just briefly that my psychedelic healing ceremonial experience has have also been a huge part of my self-love because those have helped me access things that I've had real difficulty accessing and unearthing such that I could heal them. You know, and that was another thing. Yeah, Jay's raising his hand, of course. Yeah, we've had more more on this for sure to come. But like the I bring that up because there are things along my path where I just like, how do I heal this? How can I figure this out? Like, why is this still persisting? Those types of questions. And this is, again, multiple years. I've been learning about that stuff for a long, long, long time and sort of been in resistance to doing that as well because I was afraid and uncertain. And so I did the work to research and yada, yada, yada. But I just feel like it's at least something I have to note because some of those deeper things that I was, like I said, unable to access, those ceremonial experiences directed specifically at healing deeply have helped me do that. So, yeah. I'm going to put the word in there that is not being said right now, which really is the one that is kind of the key to this whole thing. And it's spiritual. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Our spirit, our soul, our being, like who I am outside of my brain and my body, who is who is this guy that inhabits this form? This is really what we're talking about is how I feel about who I am as a person is based on how my soul or my spirit feels about me. So we're talking about the spiritual experience and yeah. in the concepts of forgiveness are something that happens like in church, right? Yep. You know, this isn't yep. something you go to the doctor's office and you're like, hey, doc, can you forgive me? You know, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. We go to our churches, we go to our places of worship, we go inside of ourselves. And and eventually we get to this point where we realize that forgiveness only happens within, you know, Mm -hmm. and finding our true path, all the things that we do to finding self-love or to learning how to how to live in a state of self-love. It's a collective thing. All the pieces add up together. So whether it's a practice of making your bed in the morning or whether it's a practice of meditating or exercising regularly or spending time with your family on a regular basis or doing meaningful work and having meaningful relationships or setting values and principles for yourself, um, it's all of it. It's not just any one thing together. It's a collective pile that you build that becomes the foundation of who you are as an entire person. And the more that we tidy up that pile 
and we make all the stuff in that pile good things that are really like stuff that we value that is like man man this this says who i am in the bigger picture and if we keep pulling out the pieces of that pile that go yeah this doesn't exactly exemplify an excellent version of me i need to do something about this little piece and then we you know pull it out of the pile and clean up that you know clean it up clean it up tidy it up until we get a better and better look at how we you know our eventual painting that makes up the version of ourselves you know that's easier to do that's the thing like so i'm gonna like i get it like if you are listening to this and you're like fucking self-love man how am i gonna fucking self-love myself when i have so much shit about me that i'm so sick of you know like we've all been there right (laughs) Right. we've all been at this point where we're like i can't start loving myself right now i'm a dirt bag you know (laughs) i've like it's hard to love yourself when you have a lot of closet cleaning to do you know and so I, I just encourage anybody out there who feels uh, like that they have too much work to do, like it's too hard to even get started, you know, Cause it's just so overwhelming of a concept to do something nice for yourself when there's so much baggage that needs to be cleared is start with one thing. Just do one thing, you know, it's just one step of like, let's get one thing out. Let's stop doing that one thing and let's start doing one other good thing. And we just start changing negatives for positives. Negatives yes. for positives. Negatives for positives. And we just keep practicing that. And it might take years. It might take the entire rest of our life. It, hell yeah. If that takes our whole life and that's what we spend doing with it, then we did the right thing. Amen. You know? Amen. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny, the house cleaning thing. That, that makes me immediately think of Brene Brown's work. And we've talked about Brene before, but the idea of helping us clear shame mm. Because shame, so the difference between guilt and shame, just to quickly insert this into the conversation, guilt is usually the story of I've done something bad and you feel guilt around something you have done, but you're not identifying it. Shame is I am bad. And there's this deep sort of self-loathing that comes with shame. That's why when we do work to clear shame, and uh, you know we can share or Google Brene Brown and her TED Talks and stuff. She's incredible. I would invite you to start looking into her work if you feel like you have shame, which most people still have, you know, shame to clear. It's it's worth it to look at that because the power when we are able to clear shame, and we can start to, as you were pointing to before, start really looking and going, okay, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I might fuck up. I'm sure I do, yada, 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 whatever, whatever we say to ourselves. But when we have that sort of basis and we can look at ourselves and go, okay, I'm no matter what happens, I, kn- I know I'm a good person doing my very best, right? That the outcomes don't p- particularly matter in the sense that we can always go forward with the intention. And I don't mean to use that as a way to get out of the hard work either because that can also be a loophole to laziness and a loophole to not using our courage in the ways that would be most beneficial to us and most self-loving to us and others so does that make sense but like this idea of clearing shame and guilt is is a big piece of self-love i love that you brought up Brene brown's work again because you know you sent me that book um dare to lead and i listened to it three times three times back to back you know, I put on the audiobook and I listen through and I'm a pretty intent listener. You know, I, I process books really fast on audio. I can do it in a day or two. And I finished it and I went, that was really good. 
there was a lot in there that I really needed, but there's a lot that I know I didn't collect all of it. And I just hit play again, take it all in again. And then I get through it again. And I'm like, okay, that now I'm starting to really anchor these ideas into my consciousness. Let me just play through one more time real fast and make sure that I totally got the concepts and that they're now locked into part of my thinking and my reinforcing and reinforcing these ideas and recognizing how they relate to me and my story and you know my own journey, then I can start to go, yes, this is where I can make a change here that reflects in the way I do things, or this is how I can heal a shame that I've been carrying and you know, figuring all yep. that stuff out for myself. So it's incredibly powerful, definitely recommend it. And it's lighthearted, funny stuff, you know, it's easy to listen to. Yeah. It's the, well, the comedy amidst yeah. the intensity of life is crucial, yeah. as we believe here at Trust the Journey. Thank yes. you very much. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Em <laughs> Embrace the insanity. Otherwise, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy yeah. fuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Brene, gifts of imperfection, power of vulnerability, dare to lead, daring greatly. She has a ton of books. So w depending on which title calls to you, I would say, yeah. I, I agree with Jay. Give it give it a listen. It might be a good place to start. So tell me something you're doing for yourself today, Melanie. What's a version yeah, of self-love look question. like today? Yeah, a version of self-love today. So I just got back from super intense travel and intense engagement with other people outside of my home. So I'm back home. I got home on the red eye last night. So what a version of self-love was going to sleep literally at 8 p.m. last night. I slept 12 plus hours. That was amazing. And today I am most likely gonna do all of my work in my pajamas. <laughs> Comfy. That's self-love today. Awesome. Yeah. Very nice. I made a point to get out of bed, put my clothes on and go run and get 45 minutes, a solid hard workout to start the day. That is something that I, and I'll, I'll just speak to our listenerships on if you're on your journey of like, how do I, it is freaking hard for me. It is freaking hard. It has not been me. That's not been my life. I've been a lazy sleep until 10 kind of guy, like just not driven to get up and exercise in the morning. And I've had to train this and train this and train this. And I still loathe it. Like the concept of the, uh, is like I wake up and I'm like, bleh, I don't want to fucking do that, <laughs> you know? And all it takes is just doing it anyways. Just do it anyways. And then afterwards, I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. I feel amazing now. I feel fantastic. Like my whole body is, is feeling excellent right now. And I'm in great health right now um, because of this continual practice, you know. And this podcast is an absolute version of self-love. You know, oh, it yeah. is so powerful to be taking action on the regular towards leaning into opening the conversation about where are our weaknesses where are our challenges where are the things that you know that we value where do we what do i want to overcome and working in teams you know that's a huge one that's a massive thing towards self-love as well as um spending a lot of time alone that's one for yeah. me too yeah oh, well i love that you brought up just to quickly highlight this part you brought up the the gritty nature of doing it even when you don't feel like it so that's that's a lot of the work. That's the that's a lot of what self-love feels like, I think, in the practice and the relentlessness of the practice over time. Um, I'm ten I tend to be not at risk of 
I, I'm more at risk of doing too much and exhausting myself to the point of breakdown. So that's why, like for me, it would show up as I'm going to be in my PJs and I'm going to sleep longer. Mm -hmm. Those things, because for those like type A, super, super engaged, work, 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 work people, which is what I used to be and still am in a lot of ways because I'm connected to things I care about, I still am often need to watch where I need boundaries in terms of my physical health and my emotional health and balance. So that's why for me in this instance, self-love shows up as those more relaxed things. I have to intentionally bring more relaxation and and that version of self-love into my life because I'm more prone to the exhausting myself thing. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Right on. Any final thoughts, my dear? So much we could always talk about per use. You know, I think, you know, if I was going to say uh, for, for our listeners, you know, if you're like, how do you choose to take an action today towards self-love? It's like I would say an action step. Like I, what I like to close every meeting that I have when I'm having a meeting with any of my teammates or colleagues is like, okay, two things. When's the next meeting? And what's the next action that's going to happen between now and then that's going to get us closer to our goal? So first of all, to your, your listening, are you going to be on the next podcast or do you, are you choosing a next time, next thing to listen to, to ins continue inspiring you to stay on your path of growth and of, of learning and of forgiveness? And of so like, what's the next thing that you're planning to continue this path? And then what's the next action? <clears throat> so for me, um, you know, the first action today was having a run. Second action was making, having a smoothie. And then third action was doing a trust the journey project. Well, what's my next action is I'm going to dive into some other um, projects that are very important to me that I want to fulfill. I'm going to feel good for fulfilling my responsibilities in those areas. And so um, here's one that I would, it's an example of like something I put off forever. And, and um, I'm like, oh, I could go to yoga today, right? And how many times have I not gone to yoga because I'm just like, ah, whatever, I make up some excuse not to go? Or how many times have I gone even though I didn't feel like going and I just went anyways and I felt so much better afterwards? So I would encourage the listener to say, what's the thing that you would do today if you were feeling motivated that you would say no to? Go do it anyways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Go do in it. This zone. Yeah. yeah we it. challenge you to do it. Oh, uh, relative to the working out thing, just quickly, that I used to really, res really resist that as well. Oh, gosh. And it eventually, so I learned for myself that the morning is not my jam. I'm, I'm cognitively, creatively, mentally so on point in the morning. I chose to use it use that in the morning and then what i ended up doing is the gym and physical activity getting outside for a walk or going to the gym for the elliptical or whatever i started to use that as like oh that's my break yeah i get to use the gym which is kind of weird but i sort of reframed it in my mind around that's where i get to take a break i can listen to some music i can listen to a podcast or an audiobook while i jam on the elliptical or while i walk outside and that's almost it's almost like a reward for me now mm -hmm. because lifestyle wise i'm i have the flexibility to be able to choose that for myself so i'm i'm grateful for that um but yeah not easy not easy yeah yeah. yeah, challenge yourself, people. Yeah, fuck yeah. 
what have you been holding off on putting on your list but not getting done not doing that's for you you put it on your list for yourself right like nobody else put it on your list you put it on your list I put it on my list why am I not doing the thing I put on my list I bought a gym membership why am I not going you know that kind of question right yeah well bicycles in the garage go get on it (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yeah Oh my God. Well, and this is the thing. So this is where I feel like bringing up the Trust the Journey family again is sort of as we wrap up this episode, feel free to join us in there. Post in there. Be like, this is what I'm working on. It's a safe space. And that's what I love the most about it is it's emotionally safe, curated, not curated, but uh, led and moderated by Jay and myself such that that emotionally safe, values-driven space is is always there for the people who are a part of that community. So if you are called, feel free to join us for real. There's the Patreon link. It's at any amount. It's really more just we want people to have some version of buy-in because we believe that helps people engage more in that group and people will get more out of it as a result. So it's really about creating community. So go to trustthejourney.today if you're interested in that. Scroll down. There's an orange button on the bottom that says donate on Patreon. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Anything else? No, just so grateful. Everyone's with us always and you know, laughing. if you keep loving, <laughs> keep trusting the journey. <laughs> yeah. Remember, keep laughing, keep, keep loving, loving, keep, keep trusting, trusting the journey. The journey. <laughs> so awesome.